With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Hello, Rockies fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Pebble Report podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Sam Bradfield. How are you doing, Sam? I'm good, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Especially excited about today's episode because we are joined by a guest. Um, We are joined by Jeff Aberly. Um, Hold on. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Sure is. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. We are joined by Jeff Aberly, who is a former managing editor uh, slash overlord of Purple Row, and over the past few years has continued to write, um, um, has continued to organize and write our Purple Row Row, uh, prospect ranking polling. How are you doing, Jeff? And welcome. Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, we're very excited. So we just wrapped up uh, the mid-season 2019 um, perp polling. And uh, I just want to, before we start diving into the, uh, to some of the specifics here, what is, what is your big picture takeaway from this round of, uh, of polling? I mean, I think uh, the biggest takeaway is there's there's not a lot of impact prospects in the system uh, relative to, you know, I've been doing this since 2010 and uh, there really is maybe seven guys that I feel are, are major league contributors. And I feel really confident about them being uh, major league contributors in the system. And that's pretty low. Um, you know, fan graphs, they have a, a farm system ranking on their, on their site. And uh, you know, while I don't agree with, everything they do. Uh, They do have a global perspective sort of on all of MLB and they really have the Rockies uh, in the bottom five of all major league system or minor league systems, I should say Um, really because the Rockies don't have that many impact prospects. Um, Especially if you, if you don't count Peter Lambert um, who is, who has already graduated off of prospect lists. Um, you know, since we started our, our perps polling project, uh, I would really say um, maybe five or six guys that, that I would say now that count as prospects that are really going to be uh, potentially impact major league players. Now, that's not to say um, we've, we don't we won't see a few players from the lower list, lower levels of the list rise up uh, and become those major league caliber players. Um, they're just far away. Uh, I'm thinking of, you know, a lot of the the most recent Latin American signings, a couple of which made our list in Eddie Diaz and Vladimir Restituyo. Um, those guys, they're far away. They've got potential, but uh, it's harder to see that impact talent uh, when you're three, four years out at least. 
Um, I would say overall, in terms of the polling, uh, another big takeaway I had was a lot of disagreement about some of those lower spots. Uh, this is to be expected when you've got, we would say, some guys that are clearly up top and a significant amount of potential prospects that could fit into your top 30 because it's just really squishy. Um, we had 71 prospects receiving votes this time around with only 29 ballots, uh, which is uh, tied for the most amount of prospects listed uh, in a given perps poll again since I've been doing it, uh, which is, gosh, now almost ten years. Um, so, so that's that's pretty significant in my opinion, um, and and uh, you know just a lot of difference of opinion. Uh, that other time was with thirty five ballots, and this is with twenty nine. So, uh, those I say would say are my big takeaways. So what do you what do you what do you account what do you attribute to the relative thinness or lack of impact prospects? Is this a matter of poor drafting or just not having as many high draft picks um, over the past few years? So I think there's both both involved in there, right? It's a lot easier to get a blue chip prospect when you're picking in the top ten. Uh, which the Rockies, unfortunately, uh, did for several years in a row. Uh, I would say, right, those guys are typically um, more can't-miss type prospects, the ones that move quickly, that are high-impact players. Unfortunately, of course, Riley Pint uh, is an example of of one of those top five prospects from uh, the 2016 draft, and he really just hasn't been able to advance out of low A Right now, he's in the bullpen there right now. And uh, that's that's uh, part of the other piece of it, which I think is, you know, the Rockies have had some development stories over uh, some some positive development stories over the years. But I would say of late um, don't seem to have maximized potential as well as uh, maybe they have in the past with some of these guys. Very few people this year, I would say, have taken a step forward in the system. Um, I would say there's, you know, even for the people that have uh, really done well and then advanced to level, like, let's say, Rico Garcia uh, did really well at double A this year um, and, you know, have, have sort of not done as well at triple A against more advanced competition. I would say that story has played out um, several times across the system. Um, and then in addition to that, I think, uh, yeah, it's it's a quite a bit about. Uh, the the draft position, the types of people that were able to get into the system, uh, that all sort of factors into the system being thin. And let's not forget, and this is this is one that's a good thing. Uh, the Rockies have actually graduated a significant amount of high caliber talent uh, in the last three or four years out of the system. Uh, you would say that a significant portion of the roster as it stands right now, was in my top 10 of these uh, proper road prospect lists over the last few years. And, and that's really significant when you lose that much talent. Uh, you know, it's hard to replace it, especially when you're not trading uh, very much like the Rockies are. Now, Jeff, were there any surprises that you thought made the final list, whether like surprises in their placement or inclusion, omission? Were there, uh, were there any surprises to you? I think uh, there, there are a few surprises. One, 
one of the the ones that I was it was a pleasant surprise was that we're getting some of the younger Latin American talent. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Eddie Diaz debuted on the list at number eighteen, which I think is a is a great result for him. He's a really interesting player. Um, signed out of Cuba, Rocky's uh, first Cuban prospect, uh, and he's really uh, we call him Fast Eddie because he just uh, is lighting up the base pass. Uh, down at the lower levels of the minors. In I love addition, that, I love that nickname, by the way, Fast Eddie. Fast Eddie, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I don't know exactly where that came from, but uh, it just seems to fit very well with him. Uh, also, Vladimir Restituyo. Uh, again, apologies. I don't know if I'm pronouncing all these names correctly, but that seems to be how it reads. Um, a, another guy. He's really um, actually holding his own in a short season a league against college draftees and he just turned 18 a few weeks ago uh really allowed tools uh from what the scouts are saying and is really a potential guy that could become one of those impact players so i was really pleasantly surprised by the fact that uh, the electorate gave some love to those sorts of players uh and and i would say there's just it, it seemed like people were just overall uh, upset with the current direction of the farm when they did their lists. So some players that had been on the list for a while uh, moved down a little bit relative to where they were. Um, you know, for instance, Josh Fuentes moved from uh, 16th on the list to 29th uh, this time, or 28th, I should say, this time around. And he's a player that, you know, he's knocking on the door of the major league level and but he's had just sort of a tough year, didn't show very well in his major league cameo and uh, sort of struggled with uh, the AAA level this year um, and sort of moved down the list, maybe a little bit farther than I would have expected. Uh, you know, it's always interesting to me to see where people place the 2019 or the, the draftees of that year. Um, sometimes, right, the first round player goes in the top three or four. Uh, it would appear that uh, Michael Tolia this time around was was not uh, as enthusiastically received by everybody else. Uh, he was placed sixth in the system. That doesn't surprise me. He's sort of a, a first base uh, profile, which is something that is harder for people to to warm up to. Uh, but Carl Kaufman, for instance, uh, the uh, I guess the term is competitive ra- uh, balance round B player. Uh, he got played. He's 13th in the system, which is a lot higher than I thought he would debut. Um, you know, I had him about four or five slots lower on my on my personal list. Um, he's he's an advanced pitcher uh, with with maybe back back end rotation likely profile, uh, which is a valuable prospect. But you know, people seem to really value him, and I think that's probably because he was he was good in the College World Series up until the finals, uh, which had gave him a lot of visibility. Uh, we have, in general, in the system, uh, a lot of players who probably fit best at first base. Uh, so there are a couple of players that I guess I'm not surprised that they're on the list in Roberto Ramos and Brian Mundell uh, that I just don't, haven't voted for that often because I think that while they are hitting well at the upper levels, they have a lot of what I would call quad A traits. Uh, they seem unlikely to have, find a role in the big leagues. Uh, and if they are there, uh, that role is pretty narrow, more in the Mark Reynolds type role. Uh, so a lot of people rank them uh, much higher than I do, and they made our list. 
uh, but they didn't make my personal list. So those are maybe a few of the surprises as I'm looking through where, where we're at here. Um, also somewhat surprised Don Nunez didn't make it. Uh, it's been more not because uh, he was high or whatever, but he was he had been made the list uh, 12 straight times uh, and had a really good offensive year so far this year. But this is the one uh, where he just misses the list. So it was about to, to make it 13 in a row, which is um you know, you're doing something right to make a list like this 13 years or not 13 years in a row, 13 lists in a row. Uh, but of course, if you're making it 13 lists in a row, you're not in the majors contributing. So that's also a, a downside there. Yeah, I um, I have to take partial responsibility for that. I even wrote I even wrote in the comments uh, where Dominguez, I think, was uh, one of the honorable mentions. It's like, oh, I was really pulling for him to make the list again. And then I looked back at my list and I forgot to rank him. I was going to rank him 30th, um, but I think when I, you know, you know, and it, you have so many names in front of you and you're, you're moving up, you're moving down, you're figuring out, okay, who's where. And, you know, when you get, when you're, when you're like, when you're that low on the list, you kind of easy to, to let somebody miss by. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it would have made a difference if I had ranked him number 30, but sorry, Dom. That's my bad. See, I think you and I could have canceled each other out there. I, and maybe some of mine was recency bias since I voted for him the Monday after I got back from Albuquerque and had a really great interview with him. And he, play, he played really well in the two games I was there. I think I ranked him 25th. Um, so I was I was especially bummed to not see him make it. But oh, well. <laughs> you know, at some point, it's, it's just about minor league, uh, you know, opportunity. And, you know, the Rockies have shown multiple times that, you know, they've had the opportunity to promote Nunez the last couple of years and to protect them from the rule five draft. And they haven't done it. If they don't do it this year, he'll become a minor league free agent. So I think that factored into the, the thinking of a number of perps voters as well is mm -hmm. that, you know, I could vote for him, but it's unlikely that, you know, he's going to move up. We'll see, though, because Chris Iannetta's uh, contract is is most likely going to be ending. Uh, at the end of this year, and you know the Rockies really have one catcher <laughs> um, on the on the forty man. Then at that point, so there's room for uh, Dom Nunez to to be added to the list. Well, he's got a he's got a Drew Butera sized uh, block in the way. So exactly <laughs> the the mighty Drew Butera. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's just a, a just a month left of play um, in the minor league system or so, and then we're gonna we're gonna do another set of polling in uh, December. I like the December poll because it gives it gives folks time to really think about like what the full season was, like you know what were the full season steps made. I really so I really like the December poll. Um, is there anyone you anticipate maybe um, you know with that? extra bit of uh, off-season reflection. Are, is there any, are there any folks you, you anticipate making, making a push to rise with the electorate or on the other hand, maybe, maybe falling a little behind? Yeah, I think there's, well, for, first of all, right. Uh, I agree with you. I think that's, that's, uh, you, you seem like you, you're able to take in a bigger picture 
uh, when nobody's playing games <laughs> at the same time to, to really just reflect on the year. Uh, I would say there's a couple of guys, maybe three guys, in, and they're all honorable mention uh, Purple Row prospects that I think will get a lot more consideration this time around. Uh, one of them is, is a guy that has got a lot of helium as a pitching prospect, and that is Helcris uh, Olivares. Uh, he is, a, you know, a player recently came stateside. Uh, I believe he's pitching in Grand Junction uh, and is getting picked up on national scouting radars. Uh, I think that was sort of new when this round of polling was coming out. Uh, and I think he is the next, I would say, really interesting Latin American arm to come out of that system. Uh, is somebody I think would, would make a splash. Uh, one guy I think got overlooked, and this is myself included, um, who has put up good numbers and has a decent draft pedigree and is a Colorado kid. Uh, Nico Decolati uh, is a guy who's really shown well in the outfield um, and has a lot of interesting tools. Rockies love his makeup. Uh, strong, strong prospect in, frankly, an area of the system where the Rockies need more depth uh, in those outfield prospects. He's another guy that I think uh, could leap onto the list next time around. And then the final guy, this this guy is uh, is really showing well uh, as well. Another Latin American prospect, Julio Carreras, um, really unheralded guy was not was never a high um, high dollar bonus guy, uh, but has has shown uh, the Rockies have shown that they really like him because they moved him up. Uh, you know, all the way up to, to Grand Junction this year. He's 18 or 19 years old. He's hitting really well, and Fangraphs uh, had a really glowing write-up of his tools. And, you know, they had said if he were in the draft this year, he would go in the top 50 picks overall. Uh, in a top 50 pick, uh, you know, Aaron Chunk sort of fits that bill, and he was 11th in our system. Um, so I think with a little bit more reflection and looking at his stats, I think uh, is another guy who would probably move up. In terms of people that will move down, hopefully we'll have a couple of people that will, in fact, uh, age off, or not age off, uh, that will gr graduate from rookie prospect them. We've already got Peter Lambert. Um, Jesus Tinoco is a strong candidate to do that. Um, depending on how long David Dahl is out, Jonathan Daza could be another guy that uh, gets some at-bats and, and ages off the list. Uh, and I would also say, right, the 40-man uh, roster edition non-tender deadline is going to be something to watch uh, because you're going to get some guys like a Dom Nunez um, where they have the ability to be protected, but if they don't get protected, uh, they are going to be potentially let out of the system. And there's going to be a couple guys that are on the 40-man roster that have to worry about, you know, like a Josh Fuentes. Uh, I know the Rockies want to keep Nolan Arenado happy, and I think John, Josh Fuentes has built himself into a legitimate prospect. But if the Rockies determine, hey, I just don't see room for a player like that at the uh, major league level, he could be in danger of losing his 40 man roster spot. So there are a couple players like that who could leave the, the system entirely, uh, just due to the Rockies wanting to protect somebody else from the 40 man roster, um, or players like, uh, Roberto Ramos, Ramos, uh, Brian Mundell, who could be left unprotected from the 
the Rule 5 draft and get selected. So there are a few players like that that could probably fall off. In terms of performance, uh, you know, there really isn't anybody that is, uh, besides Riley Pint, who is who's really on the list that is sort of in a free fall. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think Riley Pint will fly off fall off the list given uh the the potential he still has so um i think that would be probably what i would say is what i'm looking forward to in the, the next additional list yeah yeah riley pine is has been the whatever the opposite of a of a helium prospect is like a, a lead prospect perhaps <laughs> uh yeah just just such potential in that arm he's still got i mean brendan rogers is up there but you know riley pint is probably second in terms of the if fully actualized um <laughs> providing value to this team but you know i don't think anybody's expecting him to be fully actualized at this point yeah yeah riley pine's been one of those you want you you know me doing the pebble reports every week, just looking at him going, how many batters did he walk today? How many, how many guys did he hit today? How many strikes did he throw this week? Yeah. He's, he's been a struggle to watch. And it, yeah, like you said, such potential. And it's just like, man, <laughs> what yeah, Fangraphs fan gave him in their, in their report, which again is, I, you know, not the end all be all, but they gave him a 20, rating in command. And, and as I said, in my write up, that's as low as the scale goes, folks. Um, he's, he's walking 30% of the people he faces. Uh, and that's, that's not great, Bob. Yeah. All right, Sam, do you have any other, uh, any other questions for Jeff? I don't think so. Anything else you think we should know about? <laughs> well, you I know I, I go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead, Jeff. I, I mean, I would really just say that the thing that I that I really am looking for out of the system based on what I'm seeing is I really want to see what the Rockies do with the amount of pitchers that they've drafted and signed uh, that have the, quote, likely reliever tag. Uh, you know, there, you know, I, I detailed this in the preseason list. There's a large number of relievers. Um, who could potentially add a lot of value to the system. Um, but I'm really interested in seeing what the Rockies do with the players they already have under contract. You know, the the Brian Shaw's, the Jake McGee's, the Wade Davis's, right? Those players that are, you know, making a lot of money and not giving great performance. And we've got, you know, as I've said previously, like a raft full of uh, interesting relief arms, uh, ben Bowden is the, or Bowden, I guess is how you pronounce it, is the uh, the guy that's probably in the lead uh, from a from a polling perspective. Um, but there's there's a lot of other people behind him. You know, Tommy Doyle, um, Justin Lawrence is my personal favorite. Um, you know, the, some of those players that are going to be needed to be added to the forty man roster in the next couple of years, um, who. You know, there's just doesn't seem to be the roles being opened for them uh, by the Rockies. Instead, the Rockies keep acquiring relievers from the Yankees. <laughs> it seems like they've got a couple of those now in the system. And and one other thing is, again, the, the first base type prospects, uh, you know, Nolan Arenado for for which is a good thing, doesn't appear to be going anywhere, at least for the next couple of years. 
So uh, a strong prospect like Colton Walker, who uh, really is, you know, by by scout estimation, a player who could stick at third and, and play a good third base, like a Ryan McMahon. Um, he's probably relegated to a first base role. And, you know, that places him with Ramos and Mundell and Michael Tolia and Grant Levine, who we haven't talked about yet. Um, yeah, yeah. So there, there's a lot of these types of players that are uh, sort of in the minors right now who all seem to be fitting a certain mold. Um, where and, and, you know, you look simultaneously and the Rockies don't have, in my opinion, a single impact outfield prospect. Um, so, so the cupboard seems to be running dry there. And, and in terms of starting pitching prospects, they've got Ryan Rollison, who I think is, is potentially, you know, going to be a really good success story for the team, but I don't feel really confident about literally any other starting pitching prospect in the system. Um, now that Peter Lambert's graduated. So definitely some areas where they've got a clump of a lot of talent and areas where it's more of a, Oh, desert wasteland. Uh, when you look at who's there and, you know, I, you look at a ranking of catchers as well. Nunez is the top ranked guy. He's not on the list and he might be a minor league free agent after the year. So um, definitely some areas of weakness. And you would expect that in a system that's sort of ranked in the bottom, definitely in the bottom third, in my opinion, in, in all of baseball. All right. That's great. Um, I have one final question for you, Jeff. Um, and this so I've been editing uh, the Purple Row. I've been editing your 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 write-ups for at least three years now, probably probably four, maybe five. Um, my question for you is: Is "sanguine" your favorite word in the English language, or just one of them? It, it is oh uh, sanguine. Sang sang. I, I think it's pronounced sanguine. sanguine. Um, oh yes. Geez. I maybe yes. I've never even said it out loud. It's, uh, I don't know. I just think it's a fun word. Uh, I would say it's, uh, it's a good word for, for optimism. Yeah. It's just, I, I like it. I like, uh, stretching the English language a little bit and that's, I guess, yeah, maybe one of my writing crutches, <laughs> not something I would have uh, noticed, uh, noticed otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Jeff, this was, um, really great conversation so yeah thanks for thanks for coming on jeff Aberly. i appreciate you having me and uh you know i i look forward to to being available in the future yeah it is sanguine Sang sanguine. I just, man, I, I've always pronounced it sanguine in my mind.